1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Let's go to the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline and bring in Cleveland.com's Browns Beat reporter, Mary Kay Cabot. How you doing, Mary Kay? I'm
0: doing great today, Garrett. How are
1: you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing awesome. Um, nice day outside. Uh, training camp for rookies is is here. And, um, you know, we, we get an opportunity to finally talk about some of the guys and see them up close and personal. Um, rather than just prognosticating about it. Uh, and, and so, you know, the first day of camp uh, happens in, in, in yesterday, and we get the opportunity to see JLK. Uh, we get the opportunity to see Newsom. Um, what, what's the feel around uh, the, the rookie mini camp and, and what were Kevin Stefanski and, and uh, Andrew Barry, um, what was their, their sense of how uh, the rookie class is going to be?
0: Well, you know what, I'll tell you what. When I watched practice yesterday, and it was really mostly walkthroughs and individual drills, you can just see a lot of really smart players that are picking things up very quickly. I watched a lot of J.O.K. going through his individual drills, and he was the only one because Tony Fields was out with a foot injury for a couple of weeks. And J.O.K., when they would tell him, you know, here's what's happening on this next drill. Here's where you need to hit your mark, and, you know, here's what you have to do. And he – picked things up very, very quickly so that they could move uh, very fast through the drills with what they were doing, and he just looked sharp. He looked very, very sharp doing that. And for comparison's sake, I watched some of that happen with another player, and I'm not going to mention any name here, but I watched the same sort of thing happen with another player, and it wasn't quite as crisp and sharp, but not somebody that was selected you know, in the first or second round or early on or anything like that. But the point here is, is that you can see where they were going with this. Even from a size standpoint, you looked out there, and I think most of us that watched were a little bit struck by the fact that he is safety size. He just is, uh, you know, he's sort of big safety size. But that is by design. And I don't think anybody needs to be worried or concerned about that in any way. Uh, I think that this is exactly what they were going for, and it's really going to come in handy against the offenses they will face this season.
1: Um, let's drill down on on that a little bit. I, I think um you know, as as you hear some of the reporters uh, you know ask him um point blank, hey, do you think um, you're going to be a little bit undersized? do you Are you worried about um you know being able to stop the run? and he he basically said, you know no I, you know this is the way the league is is moving and and i think i'll be able to help with my versatility and able to um be you know a, a guy that can help out in the past game he did say they have him working at the weak side linebacker um you know what are your thoughts on um you know in base um if they got him working at the will linebacker um what does that linebacker core look like uh, if he's working you know, on the weak side and will he be a three down guy Um, right off the bat?
0: You know, I think he can be. I think he can be a three-down guy right off the bat. And like I said, with the way I saw him picking things up yesterday, just being so plugged in and knowing exactly what he was supposed to be doing, I think he's going to come up the learning curve very quickly. I think they're not going to be in base all that much. I mean, they're probably going to be in their sub-packages probably 80% of the time, which means you're going to get a guy – like him on the field plenty of time, probably most of the time, I would think, if he's ready for it. Uh, the, uh, the decision then would be uh, sort of week to week, or maybe even perhaps, you know, down for down, but would be who the other linebacker that you're probably going to have out there when there's only two. Uh, it could be him and Anthony Walker. It could be in some situations where you need to stop the run, him and Sione Takitaki. Uh, It could be him and Jacob Phillips Uh, when you have three, you know, these are things that will play out during training camp. Uh, You know, it'll be some combination of, of those guys primarily. Uh, But I can see where they're going with this and it's going to be really interesting to watch.
1: Um, talking to Mary Kay Cabot uh, of cleveland.com. Uh, of course, she's the beat reporter uh, at cleveland.com. And she's on the North arms at Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. You talked about, um, you know, J.O.K. Um, Newsom, he, uh, you know, he's a guy. How did he look out there um, in terms of his fluidity, um, in terms of his ball skills? Uh, and, and how do you see him fitting? Um, in this this system, in this scheme. Is this going to be a situation where it's just him versus Greedy Williams to start on out of the corner?
0: I think so. I think it's going to be Greedy versus Greg sort of battling it out there for the number two cornerback spot opposite Denzel Ward. And I would have to say if Greedy's healthy, he has the edge in terms of just experience. He has a whole season underneath his belt. Then he had a whole year to kind of – let that sink in and to assimilate what he learned and what he did and to be involved in all the meetings and to learn more and to watch more film and to understand the pro game and what quarterbacks are doing. And he also played at a very, very high level at LSU. So I think in terms of experience, if greedy shoulder is what he hopes it's going to be and what the Browns hope it's going to be, I think he's going to have the edge in training camp. So it will be incumbent upon Greg Newsom to try to come in there and steal that job away. And he's got a great attitude about it. When we asked him about this yesterday, he said, I'm just going to come in and learn from the vets. And then we're going to go from there. Of course, everybody wants to start, but I know my place. Those guys know more than I do. Those guys have more experience than I do. And that's exactly the right note to strike. You don't necessarily want a guy like that coming in and, and saying he's going to you know, take someone's job right off the bat. Uh, I, I think he's going to fit in perfectly with this defensive backroom, and it's taking on a really cool personality. Uh, I think Browns fans are going to love uh, these new dogs. Oh, it's it's going to be a, a, a defense that Browns fans are going to absolutely love. You put John Johnson and his dynamic personality up there with, with Greg Newsome and, and some of these other guys, and uh, it, it's going to be a sight to behold.
1: You know, I'm interested in seeing this too. You you talk about that secondary. I've been trying to figure out, um, you know, what they're going to do at safety. Um, it, it seems that you know you have uh, John Johnson is is already going to play free safety. Um, is Grant Delpit uh, more of a strong safety? Um, in this scheme. Um, opposite of him, or do you think he's a, a free safety? Uh, you know, Harrison I think would probably be your your strong safety, but um, where, do, where do they see Grant Delpit um, as a free or a strong um, back there, and, and does he have an ability, uh, if he's healthy, to be a starter or will they work him in a little slower?
0: You know what, if he's healthy, he's going to start, and he looks really good in his workout posts so far. Uh, I had a little clip in a video the other day where uh, he was backpedaling full speed uh, and then changing direction after that he looked amazing coming off of this ruptured Achilles tendon. Grant Delpit can play strong safety and he can stay, he can play free safety. And those guys are versatile and I don't and I think the lines will be a little bit blurred and that's by design. They want to create ambiguity there on defense so that the quarterback doesn't know what he's looking at when he looks out there. Uh, but I think that that Grant can play both positions, and if he's healthy, the two starters, when you only have two safeties on the field, will be John Johnson and Grant Delpit.
1: Mm, that is, that is very you know that is a that is very interesting. Um, seeing that you know Harrison, when healthy, was a guy out there that they they counted on, and he was a playmaker last year. So I'm interested in seeing what, what Grant Delpit looks like. And I did see that clip. He looks great backpedaling and getting out of, and turning and running. So this change of direction is there. I'm really anxious to see that. Speaking of a kid that can run, you know, Anthony Schwartz is a guy that, you know, more and more day day in and day out, I become, you know, at first it was i K. I'm more infatuated with Anthony Anthony Schwartz because I just love his personality. He has his kind of uh, you know, innocent, happy go lucky. He's a guy that just very smart kid wants to play. Um he talked about blocking which was kind of crazy. Um, Anthony Schwartz, what is your feel from him? And I th- is he going to be – does he have the potential uh, to be more of a regular down receiver than we think, or, or is he going to be a gadget guy? But I, I'm more and more intrigued by him uh, with every, every passing day.
0: Well, first of all, you're exactly right about the personality. Another really dynamic guy uh, who is just going to – add to the already unbelievable chemistry that's going on in this locker room i mean these guys are all uh personalities that you would want to have uh you know hanging out at your house if you were having a big family gathering i mean they're like they're really really cool guys and i i can just see as this team goes along over the next four or five years how these guys are going to be out in the community fans are going to be loving them uh because they they will be players That Cleveland can be so proud of. I mean, you can just feel this happening. So that's number one. Uh, In terms of his athletic ability, of course, we absolutely know about the speed, and that is something you can't coach. They've added it and they will use it uh, as long as he comes up the learning curve quickly in the other areas. He's got to work, obviously, on his hands, and he has to work on his route running, and he will have to work on other things in terms of, you know, reading keys and defenses and just, you know, foot awareness and field awareness and all those sorts of things but working with Jarvis Landry the way that he is doing this offseason at House of Athlete in Florida he's going to learn so much from Jarvis Landry that it's going to to slice through some of that learning curve and and he's going to know what he needs to do and how to do it now when I watched practice yesterday he dropped a few passes I'm chalking that up to rookie jitters on the first day or just getting acclimated And, you know, things can be overwhelming when you have to, you know, everything is happening so fast for these guys. So it just looked to me like a few rookie jitters out there, but he he has what it takes. And, you know, they're going to have to obviously get him on the judgment machine, Chad O'Shea, who is an excellent wide receivers coach, uh, will work on him with those hands and have the same impact on him that he did with Donovan Peoples-Jones last year. And I think you'll see a package in for Anthony Schwartz fairly early.
1: Man, you know, we look at it, and here's a, here's another uh, familiar receiver, um, obviously, you know, from covering Ohio State. Talk a little bit about um, how, how Johnny Dixon, um, a, a name from a couple of years ago, really highly recruited guy uh, in Columbus, how did he come to receive a tryout and come to camp on a trial basis?
0: You know what? I have to find out a little bit more about that and how that went down. Um, but because we didn't get, we didn't have a whole bunch of time with Kevin Stefanski on the zoom yesterday, which happened right after practice, as we were walking off the field. Um, but yeah, so we need to look into that, but he, he did a nice job yesterday. It was just really him and Anthony Schwartz together at receiver. There are only two receivers right now. And those guys got a ton of reps together and you know, he looked smooth. He's played a lot of football and he looked good. So if he continues that over the next two days, Maybe he can get a a little bit of a longer look, end up on the practice squad or something like that. Um, But it's great to see another Ohio State Buckeye here in camp.
1: Um, I I think one of the the biggest, um, if you ask me, um, one of the camp battles that I'm very interested in watching is the defensive tackle position. Um, They've brought in so many guys uh, in that defensive tackle position, um, young guys um, drafted them, uh, you know, even guys like Ma- Marvin Wilson, who is an undrafted guy who has a lot of talent. Um, wh- where do you, how do you see that, that camp battle playing out? Um, obviously they have Malik Jackson and they got some veterans in there too. Um, what are some guys that could probably sneak up and get some, some playing time, um, at that one technique or three technique and, and, and play a role in, in 2021?
0: Well, it's so interesting now. I mean, it seemed like a position that, you know, was a little bit barren for a while. And now there are a lot of bodies in that room. And a number of them are right in this rookie camp. Tommy Togiai, Marvin Wilson, as you mentioned. Uh, you know, these are guys that are, um, are going to re- go out there. Oh, Malik McDowell. Uh, these guys are going to go out mm. there and they are going to vie for time and right now, there are, are too many of them to make the roster. Uh, so it, it's going to be a really good competition. Uh, Togi is going to make the team, and he'll contribute early on. I would think Andrew Billings, coming off of, of his COVID-19 opt-out, will be in there in that rotation. Malik Jackson will be in there. And then those young guys, those other young guys, are going to have to show that they deserve a place on the football team. Now, Malik McDowell looks like a football player, when you look out there, I mean, he looks the part, uh, but now it's going to be up to these guys. And Marvin Wilson, they uh, you know, they had to fight to get him, to sign him as an undrafted rookie, and they had a drafted draftable grade on him. And so they're going to keep him on the football team somehow. They know they'll lose him if they don't. So, therefore, it's going to be a really, really good battle at defensive tackle. And then also just kind of hanging out there is uh, the, the notion that perhaps Sheldon Richardson could still end up coming back
1: here. Yeah, though that that's a very deep. Like you said, you went from a position where it was kind of a bunch of question marks to to now you have a lot of names, a lot of versatility, and you still might get a guy like Sheldon Richardson that's, that's coming back. Um, looking at the, you know, one of the the things that I'm interested in watching is, you know, this year, you know, one of the contracts, you know, that that are coming up is a Nick Chubb deal. Now, um, you know, he's he's scheduled to make about three point three million um, or his base salary is actually it's just crazy. Um, he, he, he's really only getting about three million dollars at this point in time. He's 26 years old. Let me ask you this it, it, with the Cleveland Browns. Um, and under any circumstances, franchise tag uh, Nick Chubb in terms of if they can't work out a deal.
0: Well, that is one strategy. I mean, that is one thing that they they could do if it doesn't work out and they can't reach an agreement. If he views himself up uh, amongst those upper echelon running backs and wants a long term contract where he's making, uh, you know, whatever, 15, 16 million dollars a year, then um, and they can't agree on that. Then it, you know, that it possibly could get to the point where he plays out the season and they franchise him after the year, which would give you two more years of Nick Chubb at roughly, I don't know, somewhere around seven million dollars a year, which would be an enormous bargain. Um, but the thing is, with Nick Chubb, you know, this is not really necessarily how the Browns want to deal with their beloved veterans. They don't want to do that. They want to do good business. They want to have great relationships with players. They want to have good word of mouth out in the NFL. And therefore you try to take care of a player like a Nick Chubb. He's kind of the face of the franchise in some ways. Uh, he sort of embodies the spirit of the Cleveland Browns. And so therefore I think they will make every effort uh, to deal with him in such a way where he ends up very happy and they do too.
1: Ah, Yes, man. Mary Kay, I thank you so much for coming on. And we'll be checking with you all summer. Um, Thanks you for taking some time to speak with me in the barber shop today. As always, appreciated.
0: Sounds good. My pleasure.
1: All right. Thank you, Mary Kay Cabot, uh, owner North Olmsted Jeep, uh, North Olmsted Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline.